and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am super excited for today's guest because a few years ago, back in 2002, he was a normal, quote-unquote, everyday dad. He worked in the financial industry. He was coach of Little League. And he was doing all the right things. But he felt a deep yearning for more. And at the age of 35, he had his breakthrough, like an expansion of the mind where he experienced dramatic depth and then a shift of consciousness and understanding. Like basically, you guys, the veil was lifted for him. And questions such as, why am I here? And how do I create my deepest dreams and desires? And how do I achieve lasting peace and fulfillment? Like these deep human questions were answered for him. And so he made a pivot. He made a shift from the financial industry and is now a peak performance coach to not only athletes, CEOs, corporate executives, but individuals who are looking for a new way of overcoming life's challenges and achieving success. I was introduced to him through some mutual friends and read his books through Audible. So I downloaded his books. They're called Time in a Bottle and then I Am, The Power of Discovering Who You Really Are. I downloaded them through Audible because that's the quickest way to get it. And I can tell you, I had some huge healing experiences while going through these books. You know, typically when I read a book, right, or listen to on Audible, I'm working out, I'm doing things, I'm cleaning the house, I'm, you know, driving in the car. But this book had so much depth that I sat in my reading chair and I took notes. I've got pages of notes here next to me. And I'm excited for you to hear not only his story, but the wisdom that he's experienced over the past years as well. So without further ado, let's give our guest a big Dreamcast welcome. Uh, welcome, Howard Falco. Thanks for having me on and for that really nice intro. It's, uh, I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah. And you know, it's what's so cool is that in like a moment, a flip of the switch, I'm sure it wasn't all at one time this, you know, you, you had all the answers to life's <laughs> problems. I don't know. You'll have to tell us. Yeah. But I love that you experienced a transformation. And so anybody who's listening who feels stuck or in a rut or, you know, they're having these questions right now. Why am I here? What's my purpose? We talk a lot on the Dreamcast about designing your dream life and the fact that trusting your gut and allowing your your passions to bubble up is what God wants us to do in order to live out our life's mission. And so you had a normal life and then all of a sudden things changed for you. So I'd love to hear a bit about who you were prior to 2002 and then a little bit about this transformation experience. Well, who I was prior to 2002 was a type A personality who was go, go, go from the day I was born and uh, always trying to be perfect in the eyes of others, always trying to have enough that would make me at peace. And what I discovered over the years was it never was enough. And that was very, very disconcerting. I was also a very curious person, so I always liked to know how things worked. I was the, the kid in class who used to raise his hand all the time and challenge the teacher. On things. So for me, I had some big questions about life as I approached my 35th birthday. I had, I was married, two kids, I was working in the finance business, starting to make some money. Things were 
were going good. And I had checked off a lot of the things that I thought would bring happiness. And while I was happy with the things I had, there wasn't that total state of peace. And so I was really concerned because I thought, what more is it going to take in order for me to, if I'm not happy with what I have, what more is it going to take? And so I was in this sort of concerned state and I really wanted these deeper questions answered. And one day I was walking through my home and I thought the last piece to this puzzle was millions of dollars that would do it. And not that that's a bad thing. It's actually a great thing if you can work to achieve it. It's wonderful for your life, for others, how you can help the world. But I thought that would do it. And, and I, in a flash, I realized that that had nothing to do with happiness at all. That happiness was found in the connections we have with others, in the experiences that we have, in nature, in the things that are already available to us, that happiness is there. But I didn't know how to access it. I just knew that money wasn't the answer anymore. And when that became clear to me, I was shook to my core because I didn't have the answer. I didn't know what it was. And so I threw my hands up to God, to divinity, to life. And I just said, look, I'm, I'm ready to know more. And um, that began the process of transformation. That began sort of when I said, I don't know, I need to know because I didn't have the answers anymore. That's when life started to provide me with the wisdom. Because hmm. uh, God can't tell you anything that you already know. <laughs> if you right. think you know it all, you're not going to get any wisdom. So what I did was, I bent in humility, prostrated myself and said, I'm ready to know. Show me. Well, and it seems like for years you were, you were chasing what uh, culture says is going to bring you peace, going after the Joneses, right? Where you get something, but then it's not enough. And so after years of that, you still had that deep restlessness and finally said, okay, what is it then? If it's not this, what is it? Exactly. When you asked, well, I don't know, uh, was it in prayer? Was it in meditation? What was that experience like? That's a great question, Denise. So what it was, was simply when it hit me that I was out of answers, I basically buckled at the knees, threw my hands up in the middle of a hallway in my home and said, I'm ready. Show me. I'm ready to know. And if I don't know how I'm going to survive unless I do know, and I'm willing to give up everything to know, including mm -hmm. my life. It was a very profound moment of yearning that was built over years of curiosity and, and, and questioning, which started when I was a teenager. And the first time I looked upon, I was camping. And the first time I looked up at the night sky, it literally took my breath away. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And that sparked thousands of questions in my mind. Like, how is that above our head every single night? And we're so mired in so much of the needless stuff that causes us to suffer when that is above our head every night. You no, know, there's got to be more of an answer. So that's what started it. So you got to a place where you're like, we're not just randomly here. Yeah. Well, I, I yes, there's something much more divine going on. And I want to know what that is so that I can live that, fulfill that, share that. Uh, I didn't know I was going to share it at the time. I just, I wanted to live it and have it surge through me and and understand it so that I could be content. I was tired from chasing, chasing, chasing. And I just wanted to be content. And I wanted to know how so many people in the world create what seems so easily where others struggle and suffer. Hmm. You know, and I wanted to understand the disparity of why people suffer in the world, why people don't, and why some people have it easy and make 
tons of money and have an easy life and other people seem to find drama all the time. I wanted to know that too. You know, you're on your knees. I don't know. I am ready. Show me. I'm willing to give up everything just to know you and to know these answers. And did you get them all at once? How did that work? Well, so the second piece of the, of the story is once I had that deep yearning and I just, I asked that question, I just took a deep breath and I let it all go. And I went back into my life. And two weeks later, I was in a seminar for the finance industry. And the guy was talking about trading the equity markets. And he was talking about how we create as, as uh, investment people, the whole experience. So we're, we're determining the amount we invest, the vehicle we invest into, how long we stay in it, whether we make a profit or a loss, when we sell the investment. And so we're creating the whole experience. And as he's talking to this class of 20 or 22 people, I'm thinking, oh my gosh. This is how I'm doing everything in my life. It's not just in investments. It's like I'm the way I perceive and react and respond is determining the whole experience. And it sort of just broke me free where I realized in one instant that this power, this understanding that I was looking for that could satiate me and, and keep me at peace was already within me. Mm. It was based on how I contextualized my world, how I viewed it, how I viewed myself. And I was so liberated in that one moment. It was like a a massive, massive epiphany that I, I just, I was so excited. I didn't know quite how yet I was going to do it, but I knew there was a path and it wasn't out there anymore. It was in here, which was so comforting. And then the second thing I realized was that I'd asked this deep question and life responded. And it responded in a finance class. Exactly. <laughs> you never know where it's going to come from. Exactly. Which, which really blew the doors off because then I realized, wow, this is how it works. Life is here to serve us in our creative intentions based on our will and desire and how we want to pace time for ourselves when we're ready. And so I was like, wow, I went into life. I, I walked, I remember walking out of that class that day in a state of childlike awe and wonder, looking at the world and going, it's all here for each one of us, not in a narcissistic way, but in a loving way, in a serving way. Just be patient and be aware and be present. And you'll see how much you're loved. You'll see how much you matter. You'll see how much is waiting for you when you're ready. Not that you don't have to work and not that you don't have to do your part, but you will be shown the way and you will be guided every step of your life. And I was, I was blown away by that. And, and I was like a kid who just opened Pandora's box. And so I, I went into life just kind of, where's it coming from today? I remember like two days later, I was driving and I'm at a stoplight and I'm just sort of daydreaming or whatever. And all of a sudden I look at the license plate in front of me and it says M-R-C-L-S-H-P-N. I'm going to have to write that down. Yeah, write it down and see if it doesn't come to you. Okay, say it again. M-R-C-L-S-H-P-N. M-R-C-L. So miracle. Something about miracles. What'd you get? (laughs) Tell me. Miracles happen. Miracles happen. There you go. I see mir- Oh, I see the happen. Oh my gosh. So And I, I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. Yeah. So, so that was just one little tiny, you know, again, I wasn't forcing it. It just all of a sudden appeared there. And it was just things like that. And then I'd hear comments from strangers that related to what I was looking for. I would be watching a movie and the theme of the movie or the subtext of the movie would pop out at me like, whoa, I see what's going on with this character. That's the same journey I'm on. Or I'd hear a song that I've heard a hundred or a thousand times and all of a sudden the lyrics became crystal clear and I was blown away. Like, wow. 
I can like see new brain cells popping up within you. You know what I mean? You're just like seeing the world so differently. Completely, just in a much more connected way. And again, I was so humbled by this that I just, all I wanted to do every day, I just, I started asking more questions and I started being more present. And then what happened was there was a second experience six months later where I started to get insight and inspiration that just sort of hit me at, at work out of the blue and it was profound insights. And I started to write them down and it was like, it was pouring through the top of my head and all of a sudden I couldn't write fast enough. And I, and, and this incredible, it's like the dam burst on universal wisdom. It was incredible. And I was, this was, I don't it's unspeakable humility, actually, it actually make me cry if I talk about it. But I just knew from that moment on when I, when this wisdom hit and it was so profound and so grand, that I was going to be a servant of it for the rest of my life. That was what I was going to do. And, you know, my first question was, who am I to do this? You know, I mean, I'm just some guy. But I realized there's no one that's special in this world. We're all special and we're all destined for this awareness. And so if I can be one of the people that help shed this awareness or have it come through me to do so, I'm honored. And and that's what I did. And that's why I wrote I Am and, and Time in the Bottle. Mm, yeah, I, I really, when you have these aha moments and then these synchronicities, you know, it's not, you, you saw God everywhere. <laughs> you had the download experience, you had the wisdom kind of pouring in experience, but you also saw God within your everyday. And I mean, once you experience that, you can't not tell people about it because you want everyone to experience it for themselves. It's truly that life changing. I mean, I was close to running around every street corner, you know. <laughs> I mean, I understand that now when you yeah. feel spirit and you get, you understand that connection and the joy that fills you. I understand that completely, but I also understand that you cannot proselyze or you have to wait until people are ready to receive. And people listening to this call, you should know that this isn't a coincidence that this call is happening today. In some way, shape, or form, there's been a question in your life. And hopefully, out of this, some piece of it will be answered or all of it or more, but it's just another way that life is bringing information at the right time. Um, so anyway, so I, I knew that I just had to be patient, put it out, go out and, and then just see how it evolved and unfolded. So I hear you saying a few things. Number one, you saw God everywhere. Like you really knew that there was a divine purpose to everything, but you also learned to trust yourself and trust your trust the process. Okay. So that's a, that's a very good point And a key point to this conversation. What I realized was that the perfection that I was looking for in myself through everything that I was doing already was, especially in the eyes of God. And so all regret, all shame, all guilt of anything or woulda, coulda, shouldas of the past simply dissolved. And I felt this incredible love for who I am in this moment. And for my entire struggle up to this point, and for doing the best I could in every moment up to this point, realizing that if I could have done better, I would have, and knowing that I have the great opportunity in this moment to be the version that I want to be and to do it with the greatest amount of love because I finally have the greatest amount of love and respect and self-honor for who I am. Hmm. That would allow me to do put that into everything that I do with much more powerful energy. So tell me about the transition of, you know, you're a successful financial guy, and yet you have experienced the spiritual transition, the spiritual change, and now you're 
you're a speaker, a coach, an author. Tell me a little bit, like how many years did that take? What did your finance friends think? Like, how did you transition that? That was a little bit of a, of a challenge and a terrifying experience because I, I basically, you know, I had two young kids and wife and, and a mortgage and, and I had to leap and I had to make that leap. And so the transition, my wife, think, thankfully, she's an angel. She was so supportive. She saw the beauty in this. She saw what this was and how it could help people. So she was supportive. And um, basically, I couldn't do my other job anymore. It just, you know, I had to, to follow this path. But I just put one foot in front of the other and started writing. And uh, before I knew it, I had a manuscript after a year. And then I had to figure out how to do a proposal, how to acquire an agent, how to get speaking engagements, how to build a platform. I mean, there was a whole journey ahead. And someone would have told me, I don't know that I would have taken the leap. So I just had to do it just not looking at the top of the mountain, but just putting one foot in front of the other. And before I know it, you know, I'm halfway up or, or so. So it was challenging, but it's, it, it proved to me what a, what a beautifully sacred vetting process God has or life has for each one of us. Because when you're trying to move to another state of experience and creation, you have to prove that who you say you are, you are through your actions and your faith. Nothing happens without faith. And that faith is best demonstrated in the most challenging of times. That's when you need it the most. That's the paradox, because that's the time when some would say, depending on the circles, that's the time when the enemy has room to come in. That's the time when, you know, negative thoughts can come in, fear can grab you, and it can be crippling fear that can take you to your knees. And that's when you really need the greatest amount to summon the greatest amount of faith and trust that you are not here by accident, that this isn't happening to torture you. This is happening because you are have said this is who you want to be. And so this is the imaginary dragon you have to face. Turn, look in the eye and dissolve. But if you can summon that strength to do it, that that dragon will turn into vanish. Mm-hmm. You'll see the power that you have when you use faith and trust and belief and positivity. Not that there aren't going to be bumps in the road, not that there aren't going to be challenges and potential changes, but it is to the one who is determined and trusting and most importantly, patient. Mm-hmm. Patience reveals faith. Yeah, I'm taking notes right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's it's interesting because when you're making a, any sort of transition or any sort of pivot, there is fear, fear of the unknown. And even in our business, I know people who stay where they are, even if they don't like it because it's comfortable. But when you are in, like, I feel myself, I'm in this space where I'm so, um, like, I have to take action in this direction or else I will like shrivel up and die. You know, like you're like, I have to, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. But when you're called and you feel that kind of burning inside, you have to take those steps. And it's scary. It's scary because it's always easier to do what's comfortable, but you are kind of being pulled. And I feel like you're, you hit, you're in that spot as well. And so it sometimes feels like an upward battle, but yet throughout that process, you learn the patient. You learn to let things go. You learn as a type A personality myself, not to like need to have all the control. And a lot of that perseverance and faith is because of the roadblocks along the way. Exactly. And it, it is, it's a compelling feeling. It's a very mm-hmm. compelling feeling. I listened to Time on a Bottle first and I chose that one. I, for some reason, it just 
popped up first probably or something. I don't know. But I, I chose that one. And I want to speak about that specific topic today because a lot of our listeners are in a transition space, whether they're starting a new business, they want to quit their job, they're really trying to figure out who they are and what they want life to be about. And they might feel like it's uphill battle. They might feel like, why is this not happening fast enough? This is, you know, why is this not working? And, you know, they're in that, like, it can feel like, I don't know if a hamster wheel is the right word, but it can feel like, okay, this is what I want. And I'm trying to get there, but maybe like they're hitting roadblocks or hitting their head against the wall. And you wrote a whole book on this. When time slows down for us, there's a reason and there's resistance and there's things that we personally get to work through and heal from because time doesn't have to be slow. Like things can happen instantly. In my mind, I'm like, I need to know how to speed things up. Like I need to know how to make this go faster and make this go more smoothly. And you know, that that was like my attitude going into listening to this book. And I was shocked that most of it was about healing and forgiveness and guilt and resentment and the resistance that we internally are experiencing. Because I was and am was going through some of that stuff. And I know that that's probably why time moves slow for me sometimes. So it was really, really like a whole new brain cell for me as well. And I'd love for you to talk about this whole issue of time. Sure. Uh, well, I look at time as something that's um, not linear, but something that's experiential. So the the analogy is when you're on a great vacation that you're just having a blast on, all of a sudden, it's the day you've got to leave. And you're like, where did that week go? Like that was a blink of an eye because you were so enjoying the experience. And then there's a time when you're stuck in traffic and you're supposed to meet somebody. And those cars cannot roll fast enough. Like that three miles an hour that they're moving feels like you're standing still. And you're like, come on, come on, come on. And it's not going any faster. So time seems to take longer. So that's the way that I approach the idea of time. And then you're correct and spot on that the book is more about how time is connected to your self-worth. Because a limited sense of self-worth or belief about who you are will limit the experiences that you create for yourself in the world. No matter how much energy you're putting into it, if it's bumping against the sense of being worthy or not worthy, it's going to show up in what happens because life can only meet you, God can only meet you at your truth. That's how unconditionally loving God is. It will not give you more or less than you believe is possible for yourself and you demonstrate. God is about helping you get the conditions and become aware of the conditions so that you can then work to create it. But all the tools will be given to you. So it's about this 50-50 relationship with divinity in helping you to create. And so a lot of times when people are saying, why are things going slow for me? Why aren't they happening? It's not because you're not doing all the things that you're supposed to do, but maybe the energy of the way you're looking at it, you're looking at it from a state of fear and need. And if you're looking at it from a state of fear and need, it's coming because you believe if you don't do this, that X, Y, and Z are going to happen. And that's not true because there's an infinite number of possibilities that can happen. And so when you start focusing on an X, Y, Z can be part of it as long as it's leveled out with all the good things that can happen if you do act. Then you're balancing out faith and fear. You're, you're neutralizing fear with faith. So there could be some reasons why things aren't happening. Or, you know, I give the analogy of the farmer that 
is getting his field ready, plows the field, he tills the soil, he gets it ready to receive the seed. The seed goes in the ground, he waters, it's getting um, sunlight. And at that point, all he can do is go back in the house and, and wait for divinity to take over, right? But if it's not happening and he thinks he has all the conditions and he doesn't want to check and it still doesn't happen, it's never going to happen. But if he says, you know, something might not be right. And he goes and goes, I know I tilled the soil and he finds out the soil is a nutrient. And that's one of the problems. Or he finds out the water is too calcified or is not clean enough. And so there might be some deeper digging into the way that you're approaching things on the surface with business or with your relationships or with life and to see what kind of energy is actually going into it. How do you feel about yourself? What are you actually doing? Are you fooling yourself? So it really requires being really raw and truthful about everything you're doing. And it also requires that piece of faith and patience. So it's a powerful combination. But if you really want to speed time up and become a powerful creator, that's how self-aware you'll get. And that's how unafraid of the truth that you will get so that you're, you can humble yourself to see what pieces might be missing. When we think of guilt, resentment, forgiving yourself, forgiving others, a lot of that has to do with past hurts. Either someone else hurt you or you acted in a way, you know, where you're feeling guilty or, you know, you've got this kind of negative baggage. And I think that often if we, you know, we always say we need to drive the car forward, not looking in the rearview mirror. But a lot of times we can spend years looking in the rearview mirror and and experiencing these heavy emotions inside, even if we don't want to be feeling that anymore. So how would somebody go through the process of healing and and like release some of those emotions so they really can release the break and, and have their eyes forward? Wow. Another fantastic question. So there's a couple answers to that question. Number one is they have to have a strong enough will and they have to be tired enough. They have to be tired enough of the pain and the suffering. Two, they have to realize that who they were or what happened in the past is not who they are now. Your greatest gift is the ability to define, declare, and demonstrate who you choose to be right now. The third thing is to realize whether or not thinking about that event or believing those negative things that that event created whether those serve you now in what you're trying to accomplish. When you realize that they don't serve you in any way, it'll help you to disconnect from those completely and forever and to find peace in it knowing, A, it was never your fault. B, if you did something, you did the best you could at the time, not that it was right, but it's not who you are now. You get the ability right now to liberate yourself and see the truth of your beauty and perfection, regardless of what anybody told you or what, what, whatever happened. The truth is you are beautifully perfect just as you are right now. How could anything, anyone or anything in existence not be when it's been birthed by divinity? Now, the path for each individual is different, but I can assure you that that path was purposeful to lead you to this moment and this wisdom. For this moment, and I'm grateful to be the humble deliverer in this moment for this section. And an hour later, or two hours later, or two days later, it'll be somebody else in some other experience. But that what was your path? Acceptance is the key to transformation. So just accepting that, but realizing the power that you have right now to honor yourself in the highest because you deserve it. 
Mic drop. I hear you saying accept what is, what was, and but also know that it's not who you are today. Right. And, and I want to be clear, it doesn't mean you have to condone anything. Right. And it doesn't mean that there's not a karma attached to it for the people that were involved, or in some cases for you, by the way, other people look at you based on whatever you did. But that's okay. As long as you continue to demonstrate who you are now, that will fade. And the new you, eventually people will realize the new you. But you, you should disconnect even from their opinion because the only opinion that ever matters is your own because that's the one that's directly connected to divinity, how you feel about yourself. One of the affirmations and, and sections in the book was holding on to resentment or thinking that something in the past should have been different is basically saying that I don't trust that God has my back and I don't trust, you know, and I realized throughout reading this that whatever happened, you know, whatever situation, there's a purpose for it. There's a reason for it. And so trusting that process, not just the forward motion, but trusting everything that's happened in the past gives me to that place of, of acceptance where I can just let go of any of the emotions attached to it, knowing that I might not understand it. I might not get it, but I accept it. And I, and I believe that God can use it for my good. Right. And then that releases you from being stuck in the past so that you can be more present and you can only create in the present moment. Can't create when you're in thinking about the past or you're projecting a future. You can only create when you're acting from right now. That's why action and being present and putting one foot in front of the other every day is the key to success. Not being distracted by your mind and being pulled into time, but being in the timeless state of now and and what happens and how you can create now, because that's where your greatest power is. You said you said mind. That's interesting to me, because sometimes we can have thoughts and our, our mind is kind of going all over the place. Right. But we get to choose which ones we really decide to act on. Right. Yeah. And it, again, it'll be based on whatever you think serves you the most. So if you feel small about yourself, you will tend to go with the negative thoughts that keep you feeling small. But the minute you change that and you say, I can do whatever I want, as long as I'm patient and I work at it and start to build because there isn't a person on this earth that achieved anything that didn't start from being a child that knew nothing. <laughs> you know, I don't care what their path was to get there or who helped them. The point is at some point they had to learn. So if you can just see that you can begin to, then your mind will start to shift and your ego will work on behalf of the positive thoughts and start to support you in that area. And drama will start to feel very, very uncomfortable Where before it was the place you gravitated to. Now it's like, you know what? This feels uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay in this positive, loving zone. I'm not used to it yet, but I'm going to stay here and I'm going to live in here and I'm going to go to sleep with these thoughts and you know, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to do the same thing until finally those negative thoughts have no more power over me whatsoever. And that's when you're really running. Yeah. We always say when your why is strong enough, the how figures itself out. And that's when, you know, God gives us like a popcorn trail, like Hansel and Gretel. He doesn't show us the whole picture, but he gives us one step at a time. But we have to trust that process and or and take those steps so that we can grow within that journey. Exactly. One other thing that was interesting that you said is change your story. You know, you get to a place where you're like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. The story that I'm telling myself is not serving me anymore. And I want and need to change the story that keeps rolling around in my head. Affirmations, you know, acceptance. What other ways can we change the story? 
So that's another great question. So changing the story is by realizing that the old story doesn't serve you anymore. And by being able to see the beauty and perfection of who you are because you become conscious of the negative tape that's been running in your head. So you go talk to somebody in business, you leave and you get in the car and you start beating yourself up. Nope, that's over. Now you get back in the car and you go, hey, I just gave them a great opportunity to change their lives. If they call me, they call me. If they don't, they don't. I'm good with it. Next, let's go. And then at the end of the day, you feel good that you got out and you did something and you you helped somebody, you gave somebody the opportunity to change their life today and, um, and be a part of something fun and exciting, connective. And so that's just one example where before you would go home, second guess yourself, ask questions, should I have done this? Or you put a post out, you think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Some people are going to think, I'm, who cares? It's your life. This is what you're trying to create. If you're coming from a place of authenticity, you really are trying to help people, the energy of that will be felt in that post. And don't give it a second thought. Just go to the next thing. So again, it's about A, being realizing that, you, that you're tired, B, wanting more for your life, C, being able to see that the negative thoughts you had were never true. And, and this is a good time to say this. That any thought of imperfection or not good enough as it relates to yourself is a lie. So by living a lie, you're corroding your soul and you're stretching time and time is suffering. Wow, that was a mouthful right there. So <laughs> let that one sink in a minute. Yeah, exactly. So so that's the key. This is not gonna, you know, this is massive change. This is not light change. So I don't mean to throw all these things out there. Because these are big concepts and big ideas, but this is truly the breakthrough path to liberation. So, you know, this is a lifelong path. This isn't something you guys are saying, oh, now you're better, move on. Like, this is a lifelong path where you're consistently learning, and, but you're consistently choosing the positive thoughts versus the fear-based thoughts. You're, you're choosing to change your story because it's going to pop up again where a situation comes and you have the choice again. Which story do you choose? And what one is going to best serve you most. So time in a bottle was so helpful for me in releasing the breaks of the past, releasing and healing from the from any negative emotions in the past. But it also sounds like it really comes into the next book, which is I Am, The Power of Discovering Who You Really Are. Because once you're secure and confident in who you really are, time moves faster. Right. So yeah, it's exactly right. So you're seeing the progression of the two books. The first book I wrote was I Am which is total self-understanding and self-awareness. So you can reveal the beauty, love, and perfection of you, who you are to yourself. That's what the power of discovering who you really are is about. I am. So when you see that, then you're free to create in the most powerful way. And then it transitions into time in a bottle where it demonstrates how time then unfolds in the process of creation and what can stop you along the way. So they both complement each other in different ways. And, and it could be one could be read and then gone back to the, it doesn't matter, but that you're right. That's exactly how it was presented. Mm, and I think when we have that self-security, the self-love, when we know that we were created with a purpose, with a passion, we trust the process. We trust God in the process. We trust ourselves in the process then the outside things that may have created drama in our lives before don't trigger us as much. That's exactly right. Because we're not leaning and looking and magnetizing those things that are negative to fulfill a negative identity. 
See, our identity, our I, has to become our am. And the ego's job is to make sure that we experience who we believe ourselves to be, negatively or positively. And it's and a lot of times it works on a subconscious level. You may think, oh, I want joy, happiness, millions of dollars. But your belief system is telling you something else. That's what the ego is going to attach to and go seek to create. So to change that, you have to change it from the inside out. But once you define yourself anew, you shall be renewed by the spirit of your mind, right? Uh-huh. In this quote, that, that's exactly right. Once you are renewed by the spirit of your mind, then life will, or God will tune to that and will, you know, all will be added unto you. Game on then, right? You know, like that's when momentum is created and two plus two doesn't equal four anymore. And all of a sudden these things start falling into your lap that you didn't even expect. And for our team, distributors sign up at the last minute of the month and people you weren't even on your list. And, you know, for whatever it is, you'll start to see, oh my gosh, this things start to move much quicker, but it's because you're self-assured and you're feeling whole inside. And then that kind of reflects to the outside. Yeah. And you're operating at another level of awareness. You're operating at, at, you're using a tool that is simply the understanding of how life works. You know, one of the analogies I have in I am is the, the, the journey that Dorothy takes in the Wizard of Oz from a world of trouble and strife and the neighbor lady chasing her and her uncles aren't paying any attention to her and the storm is coming and sort of an allegory for what was going on in her life. And then she asks, where is this place somewhere that's so beautiful where, you know, somewhere, quote, over the rainbow? And when she asks that question, the next thing you know, she's sent there. And she gets tossed up in the tornado and lands. And the first thing that happens is she opens the door and the world has gone from a world of black and white to a world of rich color because that's where life is in, in the rich color of life. And so, and she begins her journey to understand all the things she's going to need on the way to find her way, quote, home, which is to a state of internal happiness. That's the way I spiritually saw the movie. And so she needed to think for herself, meeting the scarecrow and using her mind. She needed to find a heart to love who she is and, and find that, that love for herself, you know, and then fear would pop up every once in a while on the journey. So she needed some courage to help get her there. And of course, lastly, she had to, I mean, through a lot of twists and turns, she ultimately had to realize that prayer and, and crying out is great to some to a greater deity than you. But as I heard one Sunday preacher mention once on TV, you can pray all you want, but you've got to shuffle your feet. And so you have to do your part. And so she had to learn at the end that the real power was always at her own two feet and to find that. And so it's a great allegory to the journey we're all on in in life of transformation and change. Um, But it's all here for us. I love that. We really do already have everything we need and it's already within inside of us. I know when I was going through my like, several transitions back in my psychology days, I was working at a local community mental health and I was so restless and I knew this is not where I needed to be. And this is not what I wanted to do for the next 30 years, but I didn't know what else to do. And so I was looking outside of myself for the answer. Cause it'd be way easier if someone else just said, Oh, go do this job or, Oh, go do this. Or here's what you need to do. And I'd say, okay. Um, and so I looked for years for the answer outside of me and I was afraid to make the wrong move. And so I did nothing and I stayed there, but it was really when I started to listen and, and journal and pray and ask and take action that the how started to show up one popcorn kernel at a time. Wow. 
It's great. And it just it's it's not just action, it's action combined with a belief in your worth, which comes from a love for who you are. And then you combine action and belief with consistency and determination. Nothing can stop you. Yeah, really. Like, and what I think is so cool is that 11 years ago, when I started my journey with our business, if I would have known or thought, you know, I never would have expected to be speaking in front of 20,000. I did a visualization in front of 20,000 people at conference one year or doing the stuff that I'm doing now. But when I take a look at all of my past experiences, camp counseling and clinical psychology and leading groups and all of it, it could all make sense. And I think so many times we don't understand it in the moment. But again, if we trust that process, we know that it all lines up for for our good. And so I think of the next 10 years, so many, the world is at our fingertips. And so many of us can do more, be more, serve more, give more than we ever think or imagine when we love ourselves and trust the process and really just create that momentum in our lives. When we have faith, because faith will will drive it all. It Mm. just will keep you in action. It will keep you patient. It will keep you loving. It will keep you connected. Tell us what you're up to now. You have, you've written a few books. I know you're... Tell us what you do now. So I work with individuals. Uh, I coach a lot of individuals all over the country and the world, really, on how to step up to this next level of performance in anything they're trying to do. I work with professional and college athletes all the time in this, which is a lot of fun, demonstrating how powerful they are of mind and how to connect that to what they're doing. I'm doing retreats. I'm doing a retreat in Sedona for three days in... Uh, September, at the end of September. So if anybody wants information on that, they can go to my website at howardfalco.com and and click on retreats. Love to see you there. So it's going to be a fun three-day retreat. And then I'm writing a third book, which is taking all the principles in the first two and distilling it down to a manual of the most superior mindset you could have for life. So it's going to be really fun to take all these experiences I've had with athletes and individuals and corporate executives and demonstrate how it's happened through this process. And here it is. Here's the 10 steps right here. So that'll be fun to do a book like that. So I'm writing that. And that's it. And then I'm, I'm obviously working on some other stuff. I, I'm doing uh, Facebook Lives all the time on my Facebook page. So anybody's welcome to friend me and, and, and listen to those. But just constantly honoring this grace, I guess, Denise, is the answer to that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely get my hands on that third book, knowing the mind blownness I have in the first two. But definitely check out howardfalco.com. We'll have all of the links in the show notes below. Uh, Howard, one last question for you. As you are on your journey, living out your life's purpose and teaching this to, to so many people, is there something you do every day to stay connected to keep yourself filled up and, and growing? Yeah, it's Great question. So what I do is the first the first thing I do in the morning is just say thank you. It's the first thing I do for my you know as my feet hit the floor. It's like thank you for this day. Use me in service in any way that I can. So I sort of set the intention to be used every single day in service. And then either I'll, I'll do a meditation once in a while that just kind of keeps me connected. Or I'll write, which keeps me connected. Or if I do do a prayer, it's a it's always a prayer of thanks, not a prayer of want. 
Um, I think that's really important to remain humble and to realize how fortunate we all are. Not that we can't desire or have an intention or want to create. That's part of life and that's part of what we're here to do. So there's nothing wrong with setting intention. It's just you don't want it to be a need. When it's a need, you've lost your humility for everything you do have because you feel like if you don't get this, then you're not going to survive. And that's never true. Your life is never in doubt. You have an eternal place in this, in this world uh, when you're connected with divinity. So anyway, so that, those are some of the things that I try and do, write, meditate, read, prayer, and then serve. That's really what fills me up is to serve. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Again, all of his links will be in the show notes and description box below. But Howard, you are, you, you not only gained this wisdom, but it's pouring out of you. And because of your action to serve and kind of climbing up that mountain and figuring it out and the, your perseverance and all the things you've learned along the way, so many people will be blessed and are blessed from your experience. And then you're willing to 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 give, you know, it's not just something you hold to yourself, but it's something you want to shout from the rooftops and, and, and just make sure everybody knows because it's that life changing for everyone and, and you're doing it. You're doing it. So I want to honor you in that and say thank you in that. I know I was blessed. Our listeners will be blessed. Uh, you guys may have to listen to this several times. Take notes because there's a lot of heavy topics in this concept. But you know what? Once your mind is blown and you kind of break through your own personal glass ceiling, you cannot go back. And that's what's so exciting about this is this is a journey that will continue to unfold for you. And right when you're ready, right when you need it, the aha moment will come to give you that next step. So thank you, Howard, for your time today. I really appreciate it. No, I really appreciate you having me on. And thanks for all that you do to share things with all the people that you know and to, to serve as well. I really appreciate it, Denise. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening today. Head over to denisewalsh.com. Enter your email to subscribe to our list. And I'll be sending out an early bird special coupon. 50% off, in fact, of the Dream Life Workbook when it is launched in just a few months. So if you want to have first dibs, let's get your name on that list. Thanks again. I so appreciate you. And remember to dream big.